Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to revolutionize your customer experience and the secrets to building a successful at-home team. Let's get this show started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Business Bros, are you ready to redefine customer support and embrace the remote re uh, work revolution? Well, then today we're diving deep into the world of at-home customer care with the visionary behind Unparalleled Remote Solutions. She's a pioneer, flex, uh, a pioneer, let's try that one again. She's been pioneering flexible, secure, and efficient customer service models for almost a decade, empowering those who work from home and transforming businesses across the U.S. and Canada. And she's here to share her expertise and innovative approaches. So get ready to be inspired by none other than the uh, Miss Courtney Myers. All right, Courtney, welcome to the program. Thanks. Happy to be here. All right, let's do this thing. First customer, I uh, first customer. First question I always ask is that uh, what is it that you do for a living? So everybody who comes on the show is here to promote something, to sell something, to share something. What is that for you? Yeah, so I am the co-CEO of Omni Interactions, and we provide you know work from home customer service solutions for companies all over the globe, leveraging the gig economy. Yep. All right. So I know that was big during the COVID era, and I know people wanted to come back, but there's certain industries that kind of need that at-home uh, feel. I think there's certain people who just have to have that sort of job. So who's the ideal candidate for this type of work? So it's most of the people that um, you know do gig work for us are they are stay-at-home moms, they are semi-retired, maybe they're a person with disabilities. Um, you know, we work with a lot of military spouses who need a lot of flexibility and they need that job to be portable so they can move with their active duty spouse. So it's really people with lots of great, uh, you know, backgrounds, education, experience, skills that you know want to find a way to to do gig work from the comfort of their home. And let's face it, uh, we want that flexibility. That's kind of the idea behind uh, all the new technologies to give us the time to do what we want to do. Might as well work the way we want to work as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about your journey. What led you to start uh, to specialize in in-home service care? Yeah, it, it's been it's been kind of a wild journey for me. So I was actually a medic in the army. Um, I you know, when I was younger, I, I, you know, I still loved the outdoors, but I, um, you know, ultimately joined the army when I was in college, thought I wanted to pursue a career in medicine, um, spent some time as an army medic. I spent a year in Iraq and immediately realized I would prefer to work, uh, from the comfort at that point in time of an air conditioned office. So I kind of went guardrail to guardrail. 
Um, so, you know, I started a master's in business and I actually ended up working for a company that was one of the original work from home companies. This was back in, you know, 2011. They were started in the early 2000s, um, really pioneering this concept of, you know, work from home customer service. And so um, it just, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. So I started there. It ended up being a really cool journey for me to learn about, you know, to start kind of start my true professional career at a company that was pushing the envelope with this concept of work where you want to work. Um, and you can do these things from home. I mean, do you need to sit in a cubicle in a call center to answer calls? Absolutely not is the answer to that question. And so um, after a few years in that world, um, you know, we were ultimate, that company was ultimately bought by a large, you know, BPO that does call centers all over the globe. And that large corporate life was not for me. So ultimately I left, I started my own company um, doing consulting and some other things, mostly focused around recruiting and training. And then, um, you know, an old colleague of mine started Omni, said, hey, join me. And I rolled my company into Omni. And we really started Omni Interactions with the idea that we know we can do this differently and we can do it better. Um, it, you know, that we've, we've seen, I'm going to say the old ways, the legacy ways, and those, it doesn't have to be that way. And so that was back in 2016, well before COVID that we just thought the gig economy is booming. Um, you know, and that is the right way to deliver customer service to companies, leverage people that want to be gig workers. It doesn't have to be employees sitting in a cubicle in a call center in, you know, small town USA. No, but they can still get the work done. And that's kind of the, the key there is, is you're still going to get the productivity that you're looking for. It's just how you structure it is going to be different. And I think uh, there, there then in lies the problem, right? How do you set up a successful remote customer service team? How does one go from, hey, you know what? This is something that I definitely want to do to do it correctly. Fortunately for you, you found a partner that was in the same space and it's always great to work with people who kind of push you. You had that creative back and forth, but if someone wants to get started in this, how, how do they do that successfully? So, I mean, you know, one, it's great to partner with an expert, right? I mean, you know, one of the things, one of the many things we do for our clients is we can help them move down this journey. They can, they can learn a lot of best practices from us from an outsource standpoint. Um, but the reality is in this day and age, it's so much easier with cloud-based technologies. So, you know, in the olden days, it was very complicated to set up, you know, phone systems, all of those things today. I mean, you know, you can, you can Google cloud-based phone system and about 400 of them pop up. Most of them have professional services that'll help you get that up and running so that you've got a, you know, the IVR, right. That directs calls, press one, press two, press three, all of those things. And so, you know, from there, then you start to look at other cloud-based technologies. You can look at LMSs, learning systems. You can, um, you know, leverage Slack or Teams or any of the many, you know, chats, you know, kind of chat platforms to chat with the teams out there. And so, and then it's really just about setting expectations, you know, training, you know, make sure the team gets trained properly, set expectations around how they're scheduled. And then the reality is all of the productivity is easily monitored through telephony systems and other things like that. So, you know, for anyone out there, it's, it's, it is, it's a brave new world and, and the technology exists and it's really a matter of, you know, putting that together and, um, you know, maybe bringing someone on board that can either support you from an outsource standpoint or, you know, bring someone to your internal team that has some work at home experience and can help put those best practices into place for the team. 
Now, you mentioned some of the cool tools that you're using to help uh, monitor and track this sort of thing. And I'm sure there are a lot of different types of compliance issues, HIPAA, for example. Um, and, and so many people are scared today of data breaches and, and all kinds of security measures. When you're working remote, there's got to be tools that are put in place to be able to secure stuff like that. When you get that kind of pushback from either companies or or workers, how do you how do you answer that question so that they feel safe and secure when doing remote work? Yeah, great question. So one, the vast majority of incidences of fraud are are not do not happen from the person taking your phone calls at the end of the day, right? So um, there's a, a few different statistics out there. One, you know, certainly older people are less likely to commit fraud than younger people. And people that are, you know, I'm going to say isolated or working from home are also less likely because what happens sometimes, you know, we saw this in call centers back, you know, back in a previous life, right? That you've got a bunch of 20 something year olds that are all working together in a call center. And all of a the sudden they start to come up with ideas and that, that group dynamic can actually drive more fraud than the stay at home mom working from home you know, kind of in the comfort of her own home, right? There, there's not necessarily a lot of opportunity or motivation there to, to commit fraud. So, I mean, that that's the first one is you're just kind of starting from a demographic standpoint and, and who are you, you know, who are the people at the end of the day taking, taking these phone calls or chats or emails? And so, you know, but to back up a step, what we do for our clients, so, you know, we go out and we look for gig workers who have the right professional kind of background. So whether that's healthcare or financial services. And so they're familiar already with HIPAA or PCI or banking standards. And then we put them through, you know, they go through a number of checks. And so one, the first thing we always do is a, a KYC identity verification. So that's a know your customer. It's the same standard you do if you were going to open an online bank account. So for us, we want to know that the person is who they say they are, right? That's part and parcel to this being successful, as silly as it sounds. But over COVID, there was so much fraud around unemployment and all these other things that happened that people were, you know, stealing identities, things like that. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, we use a LexisNexis product that actually helps us look at any location masking. It actually looks at their digital footprint. So mm -hmm. the computer that they're applying from, it looks it, to see if that inside the LexisNexis network has, has any history of fraud, right? So it won't tell us this information directly, but did they apply for a Home Depot credit card fraudulently, right? So LexisNexis has this incredible database that tracks these things. So we get this, the first off was we get this really good picture of a person, both from identity, digital footprint. And then depending on the client and the need, we run different background checks. So um, whether that's a, you know, a 10 year look back that does federal, state, county, as well as a drug test and employment and education verification. I mean, we do background checks that are that are that level for a financial services client, same thing with a healthcare client. So, um, so all of those same standards, you know, those standards don't go away. So they still happen. And then, and then after that, right, then the next question is how do they connect into a client system so that they can access, you know, the customer accounts. And so that's then done through, um, you know, a, a VDI, a virtual desktop that has, you know, basically functionality in it that locks down the computer. And so they, they have no mechanism to copy, paste, or, or go back into their own computer from that virtual desktop. So it's a very locked down environment. And then the next layer above that is really around, you know, ensuring that there's 
masking of account numbers, masking of credit card numbers, personal information, things like that. So again, that the opportunity to commit fraud doesn't really even exist because they don't have access to information that they could use to commit that fraud. So there's layers and layers and layers to make sure that it's successful um, and that the people at the end of the day, you know, really don't have either the propensity or the opportunity to, to do, you know, to be a bad actor. And that's, that's a lot of measures that are put in place. And that's really good because there's a lot of people who want to get started in this space, but they're going to come across problems along the way. All these things are little issues that for for all intents and purposes, you guys have been solving along the way as yep. you've been doing these things. As problems come up as an entrepreneur, you solve that problem. And now it's no longer an issue, which makes it easier for somebody to come on board and say, yeah, this is this is the team I want to work with. What are some common challenges that you that you feel either you face when building a remote team or your clients face when building a remote team? How do you help them overcome those common uh, problems? I, I think probably the biggest challenge is is you know really what you hit on originally the the perception of productivity and so you know people i think naturally get this idea that if i can't see the person how do i know what they're doing and you know again there there's a lot of really cool cloud-based tools out there and um people are continuing to innovate in this space where you know um there's obviously like a zoom where you can see everybody, but people are starting to build more tools where you can kind of have a, a virtual call center floor and everyone's on camera the whole time, but they're still doing their work independently. Um, so there's tools out there like that, you know, for us, you know, I don't necessarily need or want to see everyone that the, you know, the, the joy of working from home is that you don't have to be on camera all the time, right. Or, or right. presentable, but you know, we build dashboards for our clients that, that really walk through, you know what the account is doing how it's performing those types of things so that that they can see that the you know the productivity is there the quality is there um of course you know in customer service there are so many back-end metrics like you know a, a csat score an nps right how likely are you to recommend you know this this interaction you had this company all of those things that help us really measure you know, are we delivering, you know, what our clients expect us to deliver to their customers? And, and we get a lot of really immediate feedback. If something wasn't delivered properly, someone, you know, customer was unhappy and gave a poor survey score. Right. And then we can, um, you know, we can work with our team to make sure that we, you know, improve on whatever that interaction was. And improving is exactly what companies want to do anyways. That's the whole reason why they're bringing staff on is they want to get more efficient. They want to get better at, it, at what it is that they do and they want to grow. Uh, but sometimes picking staff and getting people in the right seats can be difficult. And especially if you're doing it remotely. So can you kind of describe how your services can maybe adapt to maybe seasonal growth or growth related demands that that companies may have? Yeah. Awesome question. Um, so we love seasonal work. So for us, the gig economy is, you know, is perfect for seasonal work because there are, there are so many people out there, especially when you think about a retail brand that have, you know, a brand affinity, they love a certain product, they love a certain company. Um, and so they want to work part-time, they want to work on a, you know, a project basis. And so for us, it's it's much easier to go out and say, hey, we're looking for lots of people that love, you know, this outdoor brand. Um, and, and who, you know, who loves the outdoors, who's excited, passionate to talk about these things. And so, um, so then people can opt in and say, Hey, I, I love the outdoors. I love, I use this brand. I'd love to, um, you know, I'd love to work on this project. And then they can kind of see all of those project requirements, right? So it's, you know, maybe it's a holiday seasonal. They know that it's from in essence, black Friday to, uh, 
the day after Christmas. And, you know, here are the hours of operation that the client's phone lines are open and those types of things. And they can say, yeah, that's a project I'd love to work on. And they, they understand that it's, it's short term and that's what they're looking for. And so, you know, when you think about a more traditional employee model, people tend to look for longer term things. And so it can be harder to set those expectations properly and find people that are, um, you know, of a, of a high quality, right. That are going to deliver the service you want that also are going to work on a short term basis. Whereas the gig economy is, is full of individuals looking for those types of opportunities. Yeah. Employment can be tough. Um, one of the biggest issues that employers have is finding the right people. Cause when you hire, uh, incorrectly, it's not just the, the pay that's wrong, but there's also all the training that goes into that person. There's also yeah. all that time loss. There's also all the work that could get lost along the way. So how does your team help to select and train individuals that become advocates of that particular company's brand? Uh, so that, they can avoid some of this turnover and get people in there that meet those descriptions that you're talking about right now that, that meet the quality of individual that the company's looking for. Yeah. So the first thing for us, we actually get about 300,000 applications a year. And Ooh. so the first step for us is kind of this general bucket of, do they have the right uh, home office, right? You've got to have a closed door, a quiet workplace. Um, the second piece is, do they have the right equipment? They need to have a computer, in some cases, dual monitors, a headset. Um, and then do they have the right internet speed? And so that's kind of the table stakes. So that's the first thing we, you know, we always look at for, um, you know, are, you know, the people that want to work on the Omni platform. And so once they pass that, then there's some other things that are client dependent, right? That, you know, some clients have typing um, word per minute requirements. Others have, you know, they're, they're looking for, you know, certain tone of voice or things that are going to be a lot of empathy. If it's maybe a healthcare client and you're dealing with, with individuals in their, in their you know, illnesses and things like that. So, um, so then we kind of look for those client specific requirements that, um, that the worker would need to have. And so we screen for those on basically a per client or per project basis. And so that's, that's kind of how we, you know, we kind of take people and we filter them down through the pipeline in terms of, you know, are you going to be a good fit in general based on these requirements? And then what do our clients really need and what are those requirements? And, and do the individuals have, have kind of have and meet those? Now, I always heard the saying that facts tell, but stories sell, right? And so the best way to communicate what a good success story is, is by sharing them. I mean, testimonials work really great. Uh, obviously, we don't have your clients on the show today, but you can tell us a little bit about maybe a success story where you've you've helped a company make significant progress or improve the customer experience by adding your services. Yeah, excellent question. So I think, uh, you know, I'll use one. Um, this client provides, you know, non-emergency ride services to, um, to adults and children to medical appointments. And so again, you know, it's, it's a, it's a high stress thing, right? People need to get to appointments. They're, they're always nervous about that. And, and if you don't have the mechanism to get yourself there, that, that layers, that, that adds another layer of complexity. And so, um, you know, so one of the things that was very, very important to this client was empathy. And so that was something when we went out, we wanted to find, you know, a stay at home mom, you know, is a great person to, to work, to answer those calls and work on that account because they have children, right? They understand 
the challenges that go into that with trying to navigate, you know, how do you get your child to a medical appointment while going to work and, and these other things that people that exist in daily life, or maybe a caregiver to a parent that has that the same set of challenges. How do you get your elderly parent to uh, medical appointments? And so there were a few challenges with this client when they're growing very quickly, as you can imagine, this is a, this is a challenge for people broadly. So they're growing quickly. Um, when they originally came to us, they they actually only needed about 30 people and then realized that they they had far more volume coming in than what they needed. And so we actually ended up adding another 300 people inside of a week and setting up a triage line just so we can get the calls answered, right? We all know as customers, the worst thing is to just to not be able to talk to someone when you need to. So mm -hmm. even if that person just says, I've heard you, I've taken it down, I'm passing it to the next level, I can't solve your problem right now, but I'm... It, it's going to be solved, right? That feels so much better as we all know than just nothing from a company. So we set up a triage line for them to help manage that initial inflow of calls. And then we were able to help, um, you know, we, we basically were able to upskill that group, get them into being able to answer the full suite of needs and then, um, and then start to optimize their staffing. So one of the things that we do that's really unique to other providers out there is we actually build all of our shifts in 30 minute increments. So we don't have four hour, six hour, eight hour shift blocks. Everything's in 30 minutes. And those gig workers pick up those shifts in 30 minutes or select them. And so what's super cool is as, as we start to understand how, how call volume comes in, we can really optimize how, you know, how we staff that account. And so what for in this example, what we started to find was Mondays and Tuesdays were very, very busy. And then it tapers off throughout the rest of the week. So we staff very, very heavy Monday, Tuesday, and our staffing tapers off because again, that, that works in the gig economy. People aren't looking for nine to five Monday through Friday, where it's very hard to get that flexible staffing. And so what we've been able to do with them is just, is really optimize when, when the staff works against when the calls come in. So it saves them a ton of money because they don't have people sitting there doing nothing as the week goes on and the call volume is lower and they don't have excessive hold times early in the week when they didn't have enough staff because the volume was so high. So, um, I, you know, we've got so many clients that we've done that exact type of thing for where they just struggle to optimize staffing against actually when those calls come in because they're working on these fixed, you know, eight hour shifts, you know, people working 40 hours a week. And the reality is that that just doesn't match how a call, you know, how, how calls or chats or emails come in from customers. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And then when you have a team like yours to come in and kind of help do these kinds of things, you're also collecting data. So you know exactly when the calls are coming in, you know exactly, exactly. when the emails are coming in and that data can help can help uh, the business owner moving forward to make those kinds of decisions that they need to. But you guys are already helping them with placing with placement for that for that workflow that's coming in. So in your opinion, what's the future of customer care? How, wh where do you guys see remote work in, in the future? I feel like the world's getting smaller every day. You know, I think, well, the future is automation. So the reality is, you know, we all have already seen automation impact the customer care journey in so many ways. I mean, I, I do, I hardly ever call a customer service line personally, right? I use the mm -hmm. apps. I, it, it's like an emergency situation to get me. It's like basically my, for me, it's like my last resort to pick up the phone and, and call. Um, but of course we still have an older generation. My dad, on the other hand, he, I swear he calls like five numbers a day, right? He, it's, it, he loves to call customer service numbers. So, you know, we, while automation is very much, um, 
changing this space, you know, we, we do still have a huge population of people that love to pick up the phone and talk to someone. And so, um, so I don't see that going away for a while. The other thing that I, I do really see happening as time goes on is automation is going to get smarter and smarter, and that's going to continue to pick up more and more complex interactions, right? You're going to be able to do more for your, through your app. You're going to be able to do more through a chat bot, things like that, that don't require human intervention. But what we're going to see is, you know, again, we've got so much data now that we've never, you know, we have, we, every day we have more data than we've ever had in the past, right? The data grows and grows and grows. And so what's going to be really cool is to be able to say, okay, on Monday mornings, we know we get a bunch of this, this type of interaction, right? Everybody has this question Monday mornings, automation is able to handle 30% of that. So we need, we, we know we need to cover 70 you know, the remaining 70% with people. And then that tapers off dramatically. And maybe Monday afternoons, automation can handle 90% of the interactions. And so I see us having this really fluid environment where automation and human interactions become, become very dynamic. And the reality is the old school model of delivering customer service from, you know, people in eight hour shifts sitting in a call center in a cubicle cannot keep up with that because you're going to, you can't, you can't adjust quickly enough in or fluidly enough to, 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 you know, continue to keep up with how automation is going to change each individual company's customer interactions and what those needs are and when those needs exist in a cost-effective way. So I just, I continue to see this just marriage of as automation picking things up and humans picking other things up. And that's, it needs to be fluid or it's going to be very, very expensive and clunky for, for both the company and the end customer. Well, as the end customer uh, evolves, the company's got to evolve and the employment has to evolve. That's just how it works uh, or how it's going to work. Otherwise you're going to just fall behind and, and, and disappear like a lot of other companies already have. Uh, exactly. For, for businesses looking to transition to a remote customer care model, um, what do they need to do? How can they get a hold of you? What can they do to maybe get started? Yeah. I mean, you know, visiting our website's a great place. I mean, we have, we've got so many blogs out there and we've got a ton of information. I mean, you know, I, I'm always happy to have a, have a conversation, happy to brainstorm. I mean, I, you know, love talking about these things and, um, you know, I, one thing that's fascinating about our business is we, we get to interact with so many different types of companies, right? So I love what you said, right? How do you make money? And so we get to see how so many different companies make money and fundamentally, you know, customers drive that revenue. So we get to interact with so many different customer types. So for me, I, I love the opportunity to brainstorm with people, just hear their journey, see where they're at. And if there's a way we can help, help support that with remote agents or help provide them some resources to do that internally. Um, you know, we're happy to help and we're happy to be a resource for companies out there. Perfect. Website, ladies and gentlemen, scrolling across the bottom is omniinteractions.com, omniinteractions.com. Uh, make sure you guys go over there, check it out. Cordy, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. This is the this is the future. Things have to change. Automation is going to replace a lot of this stuff. Uh, and in the meantime, especially here in the U.S., hiring abroad in the remote work can save that bottom line so much money. And using a team like yours, you can be sure that it's secure, it's safe, you can monitor, you have good training behind it. So make sure one more time, ladies and gentlemen, omniinteractions.com is a website. Make you guys check that out uh courtney thank you very much again for being on the show ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you guys on the next one peace thank you it's over go home is your business in need of marketing 
try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz 